to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Welcome back to the show. I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. Happy late Mother's Day. If you're a mother, happy Mother's Day. You are the real MVP, that's for sure. I had a pretty chill weekend. Friday, I went to Encinitas and went to Mind Pump's live Q&A event. I'm sure you guys all know my friends over at Mind Pump. They're like my big brothers. I love them. They had a Q&A. It was really fun. And I got to meet a lot of incredible people, some of which I know listen to this podcast. So if you're listening and you were there and we got to talk, hi. Thanks for talking with me. Um, it's so nice meeting podcast listeners in real life, so I always appreciate it when if you see me, just say hi and tell me to listen to the show and we can chat a little bit. So met some really awesome people. And actually, it came up a few times that a lot of people still didn't realize that I have a whole membership section on my website now. So on my website, I have all my services, I have my ebooks my blog, the blog that I've written for four or five years now. And then I have a whole membership section, which is a monthly subscription that you can sign up for, cancel at any time. You're not locked in forever, but you pay monthly. And with that monthly subscription, you, well, as soon as you sign up, you get a free download of my ebook, Paleo Basics, with a bunch of my favorite everyday paleo recipes. And then you get access to the Q&A section of my website where you can ask anything anonymously and see my answer and also see the questions and answers that other people posted anonymously. And then you get access to all of the blog posts that are exclusive for members only. So this is where I share a lot of protocols that I usually only share with clients. I share health information that you'd probably be interested in if you are a health, nutrition, fitness geek like me. I am doing weekly workouts now and also weekly recipes. So you get a lot of content right there. And the idea behind that was just I wanted a space where I could share a lot of information that I used to only share with clients. But now that I'm seeing far less people and just, you know, I want to help as many people as possible. It's a really low low cost way for you to get some help. I have things like my liver detox protocol, my leaky gut protocol. There's just a lot of things you can do on your own to start to work through some of your own health issues before you go to a practitioner or sometimes just healing your gut is all it takes. Um, so you don't have to see a practitioner. So that's kind of the place where I'm sharing all of that information 
And if you just go to my website, ChristinaRiceWellness.com, on the front page, there's a button that says membership, and you can sign up right there. And again, you can cancel at any time, although I don't think you'll want to because everyone who has signed up tells me how much they love it, which makes me very happy. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. And of course, all of my free blog posts are always available to anyone. I have like hundreds of posts there and I still update that as well but that's just an extra added bonus for you if you're interested and if you listen to this podcast I'm pretty sure a lot of you will be interested so yeah I had a great time at that event and I I don't know I want to do well actually I have plans to do a live podcast soon they didn't record that as a podcast but let me know if you guys would be interested in some type of live event would you come tell me how Tell me what you think. Retreat is coming up soon. Stay tuned for details. In the meantime, today I am very excited because I am chatting with a return guest, my friend Rachel Barber. Rachel is a health coach who specializes in helping women heal from chronic illness through the power of their minds. So she is the brain rewiring expert. She has been on this podcast before. If you have not already listened, she was on episode 167 and talked a bit about her own personal health journey and all about brain retraining. This episode is a little more casual. We just talk about things that have been on our minds and Rachel shares a bit more about her life, her life history, her current life. I think you guys are going to think it's really juicy, but we overall had a great time in Austin. If you haven't listened to my Paleo FX recap about the speakers, definitely listen to that. That was last episode. And then I am going to put up a post with my new favorite products, or some are new, some are old, all my favorite products from Paleo FX that will be coming up soon. I was just trying to wait on a couple companies who told me they were going to give discount codes. Uh, They haven't gotten back to me, so I might just have to do it without the discount codes and add them in later just because I like to get you guys discounts if I can. Um, But stay tuned for that. But one of the brands that I did see there, one of my favorites, and also I brought with me, of course, were my Beekeepers Naturals products. The Propolis Spray is just something I truly cannot live without, and especially when I'm traveling, I will double up on dosage. It is the ultimate immune support. And I just love that all of their products are all natural. They're basically like daily supplements that are from a beehive rather than taking a pill. It's like getting your supplements, your nutrition in whole foods form, which I absolutely love. So the Beekeepers Naturals Propolis Throat Spray is also called Nature's Antibiotic. Propolis is truly the immune system of the hive. It has incredible germ-fighting properties and over 300 beneficial vitamins, minerals, and compounds. So it's great for overall immune support, whether that means prevention or soothing sore throats and coughs. When I'm sick, I double up on this. When I travel, like I said, I double up on this. It's really great for anybody who is on the go a lot, works out hard, travels often, tends to get sick, or is really stressed because we know that stress downregulates the immune system. So having this extra support can really, really help. This is the product that I first fell in love with when it came to Beekeepers Naturals because, you know, the brand was kind of on my on my radar for a while because I had been in contact with Carly when they first started this company. 
And then over time, I saw people like Chris Kresser and Katie from Wellness Mama raving about these products. And I was like, okay, I got to try this. So then I picked up the Propolis spray and have been using it ever since for quite a few years now. That's one that I just really think everybody needs to have in their, quote, medicine, but not really medicine, cabinet, your natural remedies, because it is very powerful. Another one that I take every single day is the Bee Powered Hive Superfood Complex. And I love this because it's a combination of all the different superfoods from the hive. So it contains propolis for immune support. It contains royal jelly for the brain nourishing and skin beautifying effects. And it has bee pollen, which will give you that natural energy and a source of protein. And then their signature raw enzymatic honey. And this honey is unlike anything you've ever had. I used to think I didn't like honey. And then I had real honey from Beekeepers Naturals. And now I know I love it. You can drizzle this over the food or you can just take a teaspoon in the morning like a little supplement. That tends to be what I do. It tastes delicious and you're good to go. But two newer products to me that I've been obsessed with recently are the Beelixir Brain Fuel, which is a nootropic formula that has compounds like royal jelly and ginkgo that will help to enhance your memory, your performance, and your cognition. So it's great because it's caffeine-free. It helps to fight brain fog. It helps to enhance your focus, your concentration, and it doesn't give you any jitters. So if I need to be very focused during the day, I will take a vial of the Brain Fuel and I just feel like my brain is on fire and the best way possible and then also the bee chill hemp honey so this is amazing because it is their their honey but it is formulated with a high potency hemp oil and mct emulsion so you are maximizing bioavailability and absorption and you are actually getting 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon the honey sticks are non-psychoactive no thc USA grown hemp, so you're not going to get high, but it really helps to chill you out. Having a little bit of honey before bed is actually a great hack to help support your sleep. It can help to raise blood glucose while you're sleeping so that your body isn't basically crashing in the middle of the night and you don't wake up. So sometimes I just take this by itself, but I've also been obsessed with just dipping a couple squares of 100% dark chocolate into the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. It is my favorite kind of nightcap. That is the move. So if you are interested in trying out some of Beekeepers Naturals products or restocking, then go ahead and head to beekeepersnaturals.com slash CRW. And you can use my discount code CRW to get 15% off of any of their products. You can go find their full product line at beekeepersnaturals.com slash CRW. That is B-E-E-K-E-E. P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S dot com slash C-R-W. And again, my code C-R-W will get you 15% off. I swear I turn everybody into a Beekeepers Naturals fan because these products are game changers and addicting, taste delicious, and they have actual health benefits. How can you turn this down? You cannot. I literally brought them all to Austin with me because I cannot travel without them because I'm obsessed. Anyways, let's go ahead and hop into this conversation with Rachel Barber. I think you guys are going to be very interested in this. We touched on some controversial topics, and you can find more from Rachel at the Rachel Barber on Instagram. She is running her group coaching program, Total Healing, when this goes live, which will be May 13th, 2019. She's in the middle of 
enrollment for her program, Total Healing, which is her brain rewiring program. It is truly incredible. I've been through it and I highly recommend it. Even if you've done something that you think is similar, I promise there's nothing like this out there. Um, so I highly recommend looking into this if you just want to rewire any of your brain patterns, if you want to elevate your life, if you have chronic illness, any health issues, any emotional issues, highly, highly recommend. All of that information is on her Instagram the Rachel Barber, and that will be in the show notes as well. So without further ado, here is my good friend, Rachel Barber. We're in Austin right now at our Airbnb. And um, what was your favorite part of the weekend so far? At Paleo FX yeah. or here? Just in general. Tell well, me your thoughts. My favorite part of this weekend was our spiritual session <laughs> last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing at Paleo FX was the spirituality talk, the okay. panel okay. that Paul Chuck was in. Yeah. That one was good. I think that a lot of people don't know how spiritual, actually, maybe both of us are. Yeah. I don't think so either. <laughs> it's so weird because, yeah, because I had no idea that you were... <laughs> maybe we should I should tell the story I don't think I told us on the last podcast did I like Mm -hmm. the way we connected yeah okay guys we're hopping in real quick with the woo woo (laughs) um I like got a message basically to find Rachel and like on Instagram and then I found her and I was like why like at the time you weren't doing chronic illness you were Mm -hmm. focusing on weight loss yeah and um I just reached out to you because I knew you weren't doing one-on-ones really, kind of. I didn't really know exactly, but I knew you had your group coaching program. And I told her, I was like, hey, I don't know. Do you do one-on-one sessions? I'm not really sure what exactly I need your help with, but like my spirit guides, I was like, it's going to sound really weird, but my spirit guides told me to reach out to you. (laughs) Yep. And I actually wasn't taking on -on one-on-one people at the time. And I was like trying to set boundaries and I was going to say like, no, sorry, like I can't. I can't do this. And then she said, oh, my spirit guides told me to contact you. And I was like, oh, shit. Now I have to do this call with her because, like, that's what got me. It was the spiritual talk. Yeah. And then we just hit it off. And yep. we were like, oh, we should be friends. Yeah. And then but what's weird is, like, I think I forget that people don't. I think they're starting to know how spiritual I am, but I don't think they know how much. And because I know you so well and I know how spiritual you are. I feel like I forget that the outside world doesn't know. Like before we became close, I had no idea that you were like so into spirituality. Yeah. It's like, I guess like sometimes I feel like I share things Mm -hmm. on Instagram and then I realize like I don't like people actually, there's like this whole side of me that like a lot of people don't see. Mm -hmm. I think it's just because you share it with your clients. Yeah. So focused on with your clients. When did you start getting so spiritual? Um, I started getting really spiritual actually when I was healing from chronic illness myself. Mm -hmm. So that was like two ish years ago or yeah, something like that. Like two, two and a half years ago when I was like starting my healing process, that's when I really started like diving into the spiritual shit. I had been like meditating and like slowly like easing myself in like, um, like starting maybe like seven years ago, but mm-hmm. I didn't really like dive full force in like I am now until like the, when I was healing. What like led you into all this? Like, was there someone who you're following or you just find this all yourself? Is there a book you read that sparked it? Um, well, I was following like 
I, I kind of like discovered law of attraction. I don't even mm-hmm. know how I discovered it, to be honest. Like looking back, it's like so hazy. I can't really remember, but I discovered law of attraction and that kind of is like what got me into it. Oh, I know what it, it was. Mike Dooley. Mm. I started listening to, I started reading Mike Dooley's books and like listening to him on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that was like what really got me like first started out into it. And then I moved into like law of attraction style stuff. And then, um, and also like when I was healing, this sounds like crazy, but that's like when I started like tapping in to my like spiritual stuff. Like I remember I would be like sick, like sitting on the couch, like freaking out, crying, like woe is me being a victim. And then I would like hear like a voice in my head, not like a voice, but it was like, a thought that wasn't my own that was being placed into my mind. And it was saying like comforting things to me, Mm -hmm. like you're going to be okay. Like your cure is coming and like all of these things. And, and that's when I knew like, okay, like what's going on? Like, this is not normal. Like, I feel like I'm receiving like messages from some other like realm. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And I mean, when, so when you started receiving those messages, did you like believe them? Oh yeah. I believed them. I remember like texting my mom and being like, I'm like hearing voices slightly. <laughs> and she's she like, are, what are they saying? <laughs> she's like, are they t- telling you to do bad things? Oh, God. I was like, no, yeah. like they're telling me like the most amazing, beautiful things that like I need to hear. Yeah. And so like, I wasn't scared and like, I knew like, okay, like this must be like, I just knew it was like some sort of spiritual guide mm-hmm. or like some something that knew like I was like in deep need of support and like they were helping me. Were you religious at all growing up? I was. I grew up like in a Christian family. I actually went to like a Christian private Christian school from like kindergarten all the way up to like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. But like, did you actually believe in, in it? So I did. I actually believed in like... Like I was believed in like all of that stuff. Um, But I, I I obviously questioned it Mm -hmm. the whole entire time. Like I felt like it was very rigid in the rules of religion. Like don't have sex before marriage and like silly things like that. Like it didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt very like restricted by it. Um, So like I did believe it, um, but I didn't really start like, like shifting from religion more to spirituality until like when I became like older, um, like when I was like 20 years old, I started like easing into that. And then I really shifted over like in the past few years when I was sick. Yeah. What do you think that like 10 year old Rachel would think of what you're like now? Uh, she would be like shocked, uh, like this, completely this shocked. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, like no, my life has not turned out to like anything that mm-hmm. I ever imagined. It's interesting because I feel like, well, I don't even know what you're like with other people. Like we talk about this stuff so openly, and it's like I know that if I tell you something, you tell me something. Like neither of us think it's weird, yeah. you know. But do you talk? so like spiritual ish with other people I actually do okay (laughs) I like because it's just like who I am Mm -hmm. and like a part of me and like some people don't understand it and they look like look at me like I'm crazy but like I don't care like (laughs) because yeah it's just like it's the truth so it's my truth so like yeah I just talk about it what about when Adam like you and Adam were dating and like how did you explain this all to him 
so <laughs> I had to like ease him into it. Um, he was more like, he didn't believe in anything. He was just like, he didn't grow up religious. He didn't believe in anything. So he had like, um, I just kind of like would share like what my beliefs were. And then like, I like asked him like, how, like, what do you think about this? And like slowly he just like started believing it. And I think it was like seeing proof. Um, mm-hmm. cause he would see, like, I'd be like, oh, I received guidance to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I would go and do it and it would like work out perfectly. Mm-hmm. And he saw these things happening so many times over mm-hmm. and over that he was like, okay, like this is real. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like when people go through your program, they end up coming out like spiritual? Yes. A hundred percent. It happens all the time. Like people will go in like not like having so much of that. Um, and then they'll come out like with it much stronger. Mm -hmm. Of course it's different for everyone. Some people like take on, take it more, like take it on more strongly than others. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it definitely happens. Do you think that is like necessary for healing? I don't know if I think it's necessary, but I think if you incorporate that with your healing, I think it's going to improve your chances of healing like a million. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to be a happier person and lead a more fulfilled life and Mm -hmm. like be able to like manifest the life that you want like Mm -hmm. a million times more easily if you're doing the spirituality. But I do think like, learning your intuition at least is like necessary. If you're not going to do like the connecting with a higher source, at least learn to connect with your intuition. Mm -hmm. I just, I think about the people who I know who are like very spiritual and something that I find often is that a lot of them had really tough like traumas that they worked through in childhood stuff. You know, it's like, needing to make sense of what's happening almost or not even make sense but like that there's a greater purpose and like everything's happening for a purpose and it's being done for us not to us because otherwise like how do you move forward through that trauma exactly um and i think you know i was telling you this like a lot of people don't really know everything you've been through because you've done so much work where it's like not even a part of you and you're not living in that you know um and like (laughs) we'll talk about that person later but i'm thinking about is like living in it but tell people a little bit more about like how you grew up so i actually grew up in like a very i had a scary childhood you could say Mm -hmm. like i grew up in fear my whole childhood um it was like i i lived in a home that i did not feel safe in um it like i basically i grew up in like in an abusive environment. Um, and so I like have a lot, a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. that I went through, like some like horrific memories where like, I thought I might die or be killed by like family members. Mm Um, so yeah. And it's not something I talk about very often because like, I've detached myself so much from it. Like I, I don't identify with it anymore. And that was part of like healing from my illness was like learning to heal those traumas and through healing them. Like I just like, I feel like they're almost not a part of me anymore. Like I feel indifferent. Like when mm-hmm. I think back, like to some of those memories, I don't feel like scared or panicky. I feel indifferent. And I think that's why I don't talk about it so much, but yeah, it was, it was a, 
it was scary. I was like walking on eggshells like mm-hmm. my whole childhood. Yeah. So because you you were in an abusive environment and then also like you guys were struggling for money. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. And um, like we had times where we did have some money when I was a kid, but we had large chunks of time when we were like very broke. Like I was living in um, like government subsidized housing. We got almost all of our food from food pantries. Um, and there would be like times where we would go to the grocery store, we'd fill up our cart, get to the cash register, like they'd ring it all through and then we'd get declined. Our card would be declined and we'd have to leave the store, just like leave the cart there and like walk out empty handed. And like, it, it was like, it was a really like horrible feeling. Cause like a lot of times, like we would, like there wouldn't be much food in the house. Like, and it was, it was hard. Mm -hmm. So from those experiences, like what are some of the limiting beliefs that you built up from that, that you felt like were blocking you? Well, I believed in like scarcity. I Mm -hmm. felt like things were hard to get, like not even just like food and like, but just like resources in general. I felt like that I didn't believe in abundance. Um, And honestly, I felt like that's part of like what triggered eating disorders that I ended up developing because there was like, I felt scarcity around food. Mm -hmm. Um, So then of course that turned into like restricting food and then like binging on Mm -hmm. food and like hoarding food. And yeah, it created all kinds of limiting beliefs just like also like with growing up in a violent home like I didn't feel safe and so like I felt like everyone was I couldn't trust anyone and I I felt like the world was a very scary dangerous place and living in that constant state of fear is absolutely part of what created my illness Mm -hmm. I'm curious like I mean you and your mom are really close now yeah we are she's like your best friend yeah how did that relationship evolve over time? Like, were you guys always that close, even through everything that was going on when you were younger? We were. We were really, really close. Um, we'd been close my whole life. The only time we weren't was, like, when I was, like, 15, 16, 17, yeah. when I went through my, like, raging teenage <laughs> yeah. age. But other than that, we've been really close my whole life. And, yeah, like, during the time, like, when we were, like, living in a violent home, like, I was actually asking her, like, like leave, like, to leave my dad. I was, like, begging her mm-hmm. <laughs> to get a divorce because I want, like, I, I didn't feel safe and, like, so I, yeah, I, I shared, she knew a lot of how I was feeling throughout. Okay. That's so, it's so interesting. Like, and you never, so you guys have always been close. Yeah. Okay. I was just always curious. Like, I feel like there's always tension. So that's pretty nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about your relationship with your brothers? Yeah. We're, I'm close with my brothers. I don't see them much. Cause obviously, mm-hmm. cause we live like so far away. They live on the other like side of the country, but, um, like I am close with them. Absolutely. And, but I just don't see them very often. Growing up, were you close with them? Yeah, we were close growing up and they're both older than me. So like, I was like the little, little Rachel, like tag along, like, can I hang out with you and your friends? Like yeah. I loved hanging out with my brothers and their friends. So at what point did you get out of that abusive environment? So when I was um, 13, Mm -hmm. 
so I was like eight in eighth grade when I was 13, my parents separated. Um, they got like, they basically like split up at that time. Um, and that's like when we, that's when we ended up moving into like subsidized housing and like all of that. Um, but yeah, it was when I was 13 years old that it finally ended up happening. And then you didn't talk to your dad for ever. (laughs) And then, but you have, recently yes so I didn't talk to him for a very very long time and then I didn't start speaking to him again until like when um I got married which was like almost two years ago it was like a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. okay and what like sparked that well um it was really weird. It was like a synchronicity. So he'd been like talking to my mom saying like, I really want to go to the wedding. I wasn't going to invite him. Mm -hmm. Um, and he kept saying he wanted to go, wanted to go. And like, she was like, maybe you should consider inviting him. Like you might regret this. And I was like, no, like Mm -hmm. I don't want to invite him. And then like the day before the wedding, I was in Walmart and I ran into my stepmom, which is my dad's new wife. Mm -hmm. And it was like, And right before I went in and ran into her, my mom texted me and was like, you should think about inviting him. And then I run into her and I'm like, well, if this is not a sign, I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna let it happen. And so I like, I walked up to her and said like, like, Hey, what's up? Like, Mm -hmm. here you go. If you guys want to come tomorrow, like you can come. And that was like the first time I like really like had seen him or like, or like spoken to him much since like all of that. And how did that feel? Like, what was that like? It was, it was like, it was like nerve wracking, I guess, um, a little bit, but it was also like my wedding. So I was like kind of like distracted and like focused on a lot of other things, but it was definitely weird. That's for sure. Um, it's not anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel very comfortable with him now, but it was a little awkward at first. (laughs) Did you have to work through like, like wrapping that, like, I'm trying to figure out how to, to word this like in your head figuring out like why was he abusive like how did you work through that yeah like forgiving him almost yeah so like I did have to forgive him um that was part of like my healing process but how I was able to like see like like why he behaved the way he did is because like what helped me was like realizing like I don't know him Mm-hmm. I barely know him. Like I know him as my dad, but I don't know him as a person. I don't know what he's been through in his life. Like the he like people behave the way they do like for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's not like a child is born like with abusive tendencies like or you know. And so like something created that in him. Something made him start behaving that way. And obviously something very painful because hurt people hurt people. And so I had to just see him as someone that was hurting deeply. And like, I didn't know why he was hurting, but he's probably been through some like horrific shit. And that's what's made him struggle with anger so much. Mm -hmm. I think this relates to like something we've talked about before where like, I I remember asking you like, do you believe that there are people who are truly bad or truly evil? And like, can people change? Like, can, is somebody, can, are people really evil and they're just that way or can they change? Can someone who's horrible be good? Yeah. And I believe that we're, I believe that no one is like born evil. 
I think everyone is pure goodness at their core, like pure love, because that's what I believe the universe, God, source, whatever you believe, that's what I believe the universe is, is pure goodness and love. And so if we come from that, then how can we be any different? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he came from pure goodness and pure love. And I do believe that like, you can change from that goodness that you start out as, as a baby and become like maybe evil or like very dark energy. But I do believe you can change from that too, because my dad has changed. Mm -hmm. He's not the same as he used to be. And I can see that very clearly. Yeah. And I think, well, like in that conversation, I remember like, I was like, so what about someone who's a murderer? Like, you know, like you believe that that person at their core is good and they could change, but like, why is it so hard for people to actually change? I think it's so hard for them to change because well, it's kind of like brain, like with what I teach with brain rewiring, it's like your brain gets stuck in a pattern. You become this person and you identify with it so deeply Mm -hmm. and you identify with the emotions and the thoughts so deeply um, that you almost get stuck and you feel like that's just who you are. And like, there's nothing you can do to change. Mm -hmm. And but there is like anyone can change anything that they want to change. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard for people to believe because we want to blame someone. Yes. And like, this comes back to like the, it's the victim. Like everyone's a victim. Yes. We're all a victim. And like, why do you, why do you think that's the mentality? Like, why do you think so many people take that victim mentality? I think people take the victim mentality because it's easier it's way easier to blame other people for the shit that you don't like in your Mm -hmm. life than it is to take responsibility and like look in the mirror and be like, whoa, like I'm part of this. Like I have, I am the one who created this or allowed this to happen in my life. Not, um, someone doing it to me. Like I attracted this. And And when you, when you hold on to that victim mentality, that's like literally negative energy festering in your body. Yes. Which we see manifest as chronic illness. Yes. A hundred percent. People don't want to take, they don't want to take responsibility for the fact that like, and he, because, Oh God, this is such a touchy subject. It's like, I'm not telling you, you caused your chronic illness, but like that is from a negative energy within you. Yes. you know what I mean, and like, because people get upset over this blame game, mm-hmm. but like we have to take responsibility for what we created. Yeah. Like it's your life. You have taken actions that have led you up to where you are today. Mm-hmm. And some of those actions you took were by thoughts and beliefs, like mm-hmm. limiting thoughts and beliefs that you were having, but like you are part of like think of this like this like what's a common one common denominator in your life you yeah (laughs) so like you're it's you that's what's happening like you're the one who got you here I think what's hard is when you realize all this and you really accept it and people someone's gonna hear this and they're gonna be so upset oh yeah but like they'll be triggered yeah you yeah they'll be triggered and if something triggers you it's because you need to hear it that's uh, the only reason why if if it triggers you then that you that's because you know deep down so it's true it's true yes exactly and it's almost become i remember you were like warning me of this before we did brain retraining that you're like you're gonna go through this and see people differently yeah and think of people differently and it's much harder for me to communicate with people now because I just am talking to them. I'm like, you're a victim. You're a victim. You're a victim. Yes. And it was like almost like the other night. And I don't yes. want to get, I don't want to get too specific, <laughs> yes. but we encountered a person <clears throat> who was 
talking to us about her illness mm-hmm. um and we were kind of arguing over <laughs> i felt like it was us against yeah it got her. a little heated yeah, got a, and i was I couldn't, we both looked at each other and I was like, I can't take this negative energy because basically she was questioning this idea yes. about her chronic illness. And we were saying, well, you know, you have to change your mindset and fix, like retrain your brain. And she was saying, well, no, there's nothing I could do to heal from it. That's not me. That's not me. And then even when I was saying, you know, you've really taken your illness on as your identity. She's like, no, I haven't. Like I teach other people to accept this illness. And I'm like, no, but it's become your whole life. Yes, exactly. In like in that interaction alone, it was like, could you tell that my blood was boiling? Yes, mine was too. <laughs> I, I was so even heated. Find words. Yeah, and I was like looking at you, like I don't even know how to get through because sometimes it's like talking to a wall. Absolutely, it's because well, it's like okay, well, this will work for other people, but this could never work for me. Yeah, and most people who join my program, Total Healing. They think that most people think that on when I get on a discovery call with them, they're like, this won't work for me. And it's like, you're, you're not that special. Like you're not that different. Like it works. It's going to work for anyone. Like you're not like, it's like narcissism, but the opposite. Like instead of thinking like you're so good, you're like, I'm so bad that this can't help me. Well, there it is right there. It's like, it'll work for everyone else, but not for me. Like you, you poor victim. Like that's exactly why you need it because everything's victim. I can't get out of it. I can't get out of it. Well, no shit with that attitude. Yeah. Like, Like I don't even know how to get through to people like that. Like, I don't even, what do you tell people who are saying that to you? I, well, like if they're my client, Mm -hmm. I'm like straight up like blunt. Cause like, that's my job. Like as a coach, like I, I don't tell you what you want to hear. I tell you what you need to hear. Mm -hmm. And so like, I am like, I can be like, sometimes I have to be very firm Mm -hmm. with my clients cause they'll fight me. And I'll be like, no, like you need to listen. Mm -hmm. And like, I say it straight and like, yeah, it hurts to Mm -hmm. hear. It's like, whoa, it's a hard pill to swallow at first, but then they come back and they're like, thank you. Mm -hmm. I needed to hear that. And like, that's like, that's being a good coach. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't be nice. You be real. Yeah. Call them out on their shit. Yeah. And it's that resistance. Like we talked about this the other day. You were like, (laughs) we were talking over here and the other day you're like, you're like, I told you, I said, you're resisting. And then the next day you're like, you were right. I was resisting. I, was resisting. I, I needed to hear it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I thanked Christina. I was like, I was like, okay, anytime I'm ever like snap at you, yeah. if you say something to me, ignore me. I was like, <laughs> I'll get over it. Like the next day I'll realize you were right. Yeah. Like it's just resistance. We all do it as humans. Mm-hmm. We fucking resist what we, what we don't want to hear, mm-hmm. but you just let it sink in and then you just accept it. Yeah. Well, that's the difference with growth right so we all hear things that we we resist we don't like most people run away they want to avoid it or they twist it so that they blame the other person yeah or the growth comes in is when you can resist it's okay but accept that you resisted and then sit with it and be like why did i resist that exactly because like it's triggering you for a reason exactly like instead of being like oh christina why'd you say that Mm -hmm. like what the f Mm -hmm. instead i was like i laid down and i was like why do i feel like what am i feeling weird about this Mm -hmm. i felt in my body through meditation and then I realized, yeah, like I'm feeling fearful right now about this thing. And like, she was right. Like I, I am actually scared right now. Yeah. And I think that's part of being a good friend. It is. You call each other out on your shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious. Do you call people out on their shit who aren't your clients or your friends, but you just like, you're talking to sometimes I'm talking to people and I'm like, 
I don't know. I feel like I see the world through this like brain rewiring lens yes, now. And yes. everyone I'm talking to, I'm like, you know, you really should change your mindset. And like, I can't, like, I can't even get into this anymore. Yeah. So like, if it's not a client or like someone I know, I like, I don't call them out like so bluntly. Mm-hmm. I'll be more nice about it. And I'll be like, I'll try to like shift their thoughts and be like, well, you could look at it this way. Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, or I'll be like, you know, like there, you could be like more positive about this and things like that. But I'm not like straight up like in their face like I can be with like my clients yeah, yeah. okay going back to the spirituality talk uh-huh I'm tr- I like <laughs> I was gonna be like how do we explain how spiritual we are I know I crazy <laughs> spiritual yeah like, intense guys it's really weird uh, Rachel and I feel very connected. You're definitely my most spiritual friend. Yes, you're like mine too. <laughs> definitely my most spiritual friend. And that's why when I'm talking to you, I I for a while until I asked you, I was like, do you talk to all clients the way we talk? It's like, is this just how everyone is, or like, are we extra weird? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm a little extra weird with Christina because she's on the same level as me. Whereas, like, some of my other clients, they're just getting into spirituality, so I have to like lay it on thin, so I don't like freak them out sometimes. So, something I want to talk about is your relationship with Adam right yes. now and this turn that it's taken. Yes. Yeah. My husband, Adam, mm-hmm. because even for me, like I, I don't know. It's something that I, before I feel like I would have like resisted you telling me and like judged it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like, I don't really feel any which way about it. Yeah. You're just like, cool. You do you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So tell, tell people what's going on so you've been married for almost two years yeah it'll be two years this summer you've been together for like ever yeah we've been together for it'll be 10 years that we've actually been like dating like boyfriend and girlfriend together Mm -hmm. but I've known him since I was 13 and Mm -hmm. I'm like almost 28 so I've known him a long time how do you know he's your soulmate um (laughs) Well, the second I actually saw Adam, the first time I saw him, he was friends with my older brothers. Mm-hmm. And so he came over to my house and I, the second I saw him, I was like, who is that? And I had like the most massive crush on him, like my whole life. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was like my soulmate until like, like a while into actually us being together, like years and years of us being together where I realized like, we've done this before. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not the first time, like, mm-hmm. we've we've been partners and, like, I, I felt it. It was there, like, a moment? No, I, not, like, a specific moment. It just, like, came over time, I guess, like, gradually, especially, like, as I started, like, really starting to believe more in spirituality and, like, because I didn't know if I believed in soulmates before that. Um, so it was when, really when I started, like, getting more into the spirituality and things like that, I started, like, s- like feeling it more. Okay, tell me more about, like, your belief around soulmates. Like, what does that mean? So I think a soulmate is, like, someone that we... We well, I believe we live multiple lives. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's just get that out there. I yeah. believe in reincarnation. Yeah. So I think that... Um, Why do you believe in that? Because I, well, first of all, I have like past life memories Mm -hmm. and like I have past life dreams, Mm -hmm. but I've read so much actual like books on it with like 
studies like mm-hmm. of people like people who have memories of having a past life and then they go and do the research and it's all accurate like the everything that they're saying is true mm-hmm. so like I believe I've read so many books on it that that's what got like convinced me that it was real okay um but so I believe basically what a soulmate is is like um a, another soul that's in like your soul family in the spirit world that you like live multiple lives with like they're in your life over and over again now a soulmate doesn't mean that they're going to be like your romantic partner every life Mm -hmm. it could be like your soulmate could be like your friend or like a sibling or even a parent in some lives Mm -hmm. but I believe that there's someone that like you're in a very close relationship with in most of your lives I don't think your soulmate is in all of your lives but most of them and it's just someone that you like have deep love deep connection for like more than anyone else but also a soulmate is someone that like challenges you the most and helps you grow the most I think it's tricky for people because they would be like well how do I know if my soulmate is like my best friend or like my mom do you know what I mean because yeah. people don't think of that when they, when they think soulmate they think of like just like oh my one true love yeah you know and it's like hard to decipher but I think that that's I mean it makes sense as you and Adam I don't I don't know. You guys are very connected. I we can are. Tell. Yeah. Um, but so recently you have made a change in your marriage. Yes, we have. What is that? <laughs> Big change. Um, so we decided to open our relationship up and become like polyamorous. So what inspired that? So basically <laughs> it was my idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, Honestly, I was told in meditation <laughs> that it was something I needed to do, but leading what well, not even I needed to do. I was told in meditation that it was something we needed to do. Um, and but leading up to that, I had been having like a desire to not like go like hook up with other people necessarily. I was having like a desire to connect with other souls Mm -hmm. and be able to just like express myself and have relationships with other people without feeling like I had restrictions on me. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, like if I'm like out somewhere and I meet like a man that like I feel like really connected to like and I feel really drawn to like I want to be able to express that whether that means just like going out and like hanging out and like having fun, innocent fun, or Mm -hmm. like actually like, like have maybe turning it into a relationship. Mm -hmm. But like, I want to be able to express myself and like love freely. And it's really all like based on like self-expression, freedom and love. Um, just spreading more love to like, I think that as humans, we have, um, an endless capacity to love. A lot of people are like, how can you, you can't be in love with more than one person. But like, I've heard other people um, in the polyamory community say this and it makes so much sense. It's like, if you have one child and then you have a second, it's like, does that mean, oh no, like now you love your first child less Mm -hmm. because you had a second? Of course you don't. You still love your first child just as much and you love your second child just as much too. It's like you have your capacity for love expands as you have more children. And I believe it's that way with romantic relationships too. I don't think that if I find another partner that I fall in love with, that will not change the love I have for Adam at all. If anything, it will make my love for Adam stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, because And what it will do is it will just like expand 
my capacity to spread love in the world. I think that the response that some people would have to this is, well, why be married? Why not just be partners and like, why not, why be married? Why not just be partners and like, I don't know, see other people just like never be, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's a good question. First one is like, well, we were already married Mm -hmm. to begin with before we made the decision. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're kind of already in it. Um, So there's that. But also like uh, there are a lot of people who do polyamorous relationships and are married. And it's because like it's um, it's still like he's still my soulmate. He's still like my partner. He's the person I want to live with. He's the person I want to go home to at night every day. And like he's my like we're like each other's support system. Um, but that doesn't mean like we shouldn't be able to like have fun and express ourselves in other relationships as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I wouldn't, I still like, we still want this, what we have with one another just as it is. We just want to like add, have like additions to it. Yeah. Because I mean, well, I think that's the other thing people think it's like people would say, well, if you really are in love with him, why would you want other people? Yeah. And that's just, well, like what I said before, that kind of goes back to like, you can love more than one person. So like, I absolutely am in love with him. I'm more in love with him now than I ever have been. Um, But that doesn't mean that I can't love other people at the same time. Like, I feel like there's no like end to the amount of love that you can feel for other people. So just being in love with one person doesn't mean I can't be with others. This is a newer thing that's happened. And do you question at all? Like (laughs) your thoughts around this going to change once one of you actually is seeing someone else? (laughs) Oh, well, of course that's going to like change emotions. There's going to be lots of jealousy and fear. But the thing is, is like, I feel this in my soul Mm -hmm. that this needs to happen. And Adam's on the same page as me. It's not like I'm just like bringing him along for the ride. Mm -hmm. We've had deep discussions. We're both on the same page. We feel like this is something that we need to do. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's going to be painful, but that's how you grow. That's expanding your consciousness. Like that's how you become better is you, you get in uncomfortable situations and you work through them and Mm -hmm. you grow through them. So it's, of course, my emotions are going to be very crazy up and down, you know, but it's going to help me grow and become a better person. When you've told, when you brought this up to him, was he immediately on board or how did that go? So when I told him, which was, by the way, the most terrifying conversation Mm -hmm. ever, um, he was like, he was like a little like, what? At first you could just see like blank on his face, but he actually, he's so open and so loving. And he was just like, okay, like we're going to figure this out. Like I'm, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I love you. I'm not going anywhere. Like, let's just take this day by day. And like, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to figure it out. And like, that was like the most amazing feeling in the world because I knew I needed to honor what my soul was telling me. And that meant like, that might mean like losing my husband Mm -hmm. or having my husband reject me, but he didn't. And it was, it was good feeling. (laughs) So, so what are the, the rules, the guidelines here? Like, do you tell each other, when you're seeing other people like 
you know like what did you talk about is it a secret you just pretend like nothing's going on so right now we have it like we're just gonna keep it to ourselves um like if it's just casual things going on Mm -hmm. we're gonna just keep it to ourselves because like I don't I don't need to know that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know if he's hooking up with other chicks. Like, Mm -hmm. no, he can go do that. That's totally fine. I just don't need to know about it. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not going to make me, that's not going to help me, you Mm -hmm. know? So we're keeping it to ourselves. But if it becomes like serious, we actually start developing feelings for another person. Then obviously we are going to share that um, with one another and be very open about it and like make sure it like fits and that it works. Who else? Actually, I just want to point this out. Rachel and I had a Reiki session a while back. Yeah. And I caught that something was going on. <laughs> With my heart chakra. Yeah. You know what? During that session, I remember like, I felt like during when I was giving my feedback, I felt like you were so quiet. And I was like, what is she thinking? <laughs> like, and I'm like, when I was saying those things, was this what you were thinking? Yes. Yeah. Because Christina was basically like, oh, all your chakras look great. They're all in balance other than your heart. Yeah. And she was like, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. And the whole time she was saying it, I was like, I know what it is. Yeah. And it was because my soul had been telling me for like months that I needed to like not be in like a closed, restricted relationship. Mm-hmm. I needed to start expressing myself in like, the like the way my soul wanted to express but I had been like I was in denial and like I was still like processing it and I wasn't sure if it was real and when she said that I knew I was like oh shit this is actually real like because I knew my heart was blocked Mm -hmm. because I was not fully expressing love in the way that my soul needs to yeah and I told I don't remember I told you. I feel like I did. I was like, there's something you're not like. Yeah. And I was just, you're not sharing. Like, I know when people are keeping things from me. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you had that shit protected. I did. But I like, wasn't even ready to like share it with myself. I, I was like scared to even think about it on my own, let alone speak it out loud. Yeah. Oh, I remember when you told me. I was like, what the hell could she possibly like say? Like, and it was like the last thing I expected, but also like. I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be something so much worse. <laughs> I also was like kind of not surprised, but also yeah, like. Yeah, you weren't. I remember you're like, I'm actually not very surprised. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> like it wasn't what I, I had just no idea what you were going to say. But I think just c- because coming from you, I'm just like anything's fair game. Because yeah, just like, you know, you, <laughs> you never know what to expect when it's coming from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, so what did your mom think? My mom is like fully accepting of it. She's like, if that's what you feel like you need to do, like go right ahead. And she honestly, she's like, I feel like most people probably feel this way. And like most people feel desires to be with other people. Mm -hmm. And like they deny, they're denying themselves. And she's like, I, she's like, I think a lot of people feel this way. Like go like, get it, like have fun, like Mm -hmm. do what you need to do. Well, we were talking about this a little bit last night and I was like, well, do you think that, there wouldn't be so much cheating if like people weren't locked into marriages, mm-hmm. you know, so freaking lutely. Yeah. Because, and like what I said last night is like cheating is so painful, not so much because of the act of it. It's the betrayal. Mm-hmm. And when you're in an open relationship, like there's no betrayal. Mm-hmm. It's just complete honesty. Oftentimes what's happening is like so many people are cheating. Like it's something like 90% of people cheat. Really? It's like a crazy number. So many people cheat yet. And then they just keep it private. 
what we're doing is we're we're just being open and honest about it. And it's like, it's like you can cheat in private or you can cheat and be honest about it. Like it makes it not cheating. Like what, which one are you going to do? And like Adam and I have actually, we've never cheated on one another. I've never cheated on him. He's never cheated on me. So like, which is cool. Like that, that makes me proud. Like we were able to do it like this for so long. And now that we're stepping out of it, we're doing it in the right way. We're doing it in an honest, open, like very transparent way. Do you think that everyone should be in an open relationship? No, (laughs) I don't. Because I think like you have to be mentally, you have to be in the right mindset Mm -hmm. in a good headspace. Like there are just some people I feel like, for instance, like five years ago, hell no, I would have never ever con- even considered this um and I would have it would have been horrific for my life mm-hmm. five years ago it would have just made everything worse because I wouldn't have been prepared for the the like the challenges mm-hmm. that it's going to require it's interesting because you know you feel this way about this but you also correct me if I'm wrong you do believe in marriage Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why I got married. Yeah. I believe in marriage. Like, because I just don't think that I think like love and marriage are different than monogamy. People like tie like monogamy and love together. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, if you love someone, if you're married to them, that means you're monogamous. But like, who says that? Like, why can't you be, why can't you love someone and be committed to them? But also like, see other people mm-hmm. i mean it's a good point people do think they're the same thing yeah you know? and they're they're really not yeah and it's interesting it's interesting how many people are just really against the institution of marriage like they just don't believe in marriage or like i don't need government on any piece of paper saying yeah i'm their partner yet they also believe in monogamy i don't know it's just like all i think everything gets confused with each other yeah totally and i mean I also think like some, like, I think people change so Mm -hmm. much and grow so much that like, I mean, marriage can be a risky thing, obviously, Mm -hmm. because like someone might be perfect for you when you marry them, but then you're going to change and grow and they might not be a good match for you 10 years down the road. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't think all marriages should necessarily be forever for some people because people change. So... I mean, it's just, I guess it's just up to the person, like what they want to do, like what feels good to them. But I'm definitely not against marriage. However, like, I don't think like, if I could redo it, I probably, I don't know if I would have got married because I don't think it's, I thought I needed it at the time. But now I realize like, I didn't need that, like to feel love and to feel secure and to feel committed to yeah, but then you also told me like once you got married, it did change things. It, like it made it you did. feel like more of a team. It did absolutely, and that's the so like there's two sides to it because like part of me is like, well, I don't, I don't know if I would have done it because like I don't, I didn't need it. But but you're right, like it did change things. Um, when we got married, we we both have talked about this, and we both agree that we feel like much more deeply connected. We love each other more. Um, and we just feel like safer with each other. Um, I feel like I, like it just like leveled up the relationship and made it even like stronger. Mm -hmm. So you're not like anti-label. 
no not at all no i think that's an interesting conversation like labels in general whether that be with relationships or food or religion you know like a lot of people are just really Mm anti-label and they feel like it's restricting in that sense or like you know you know this whole movement like you know i'm talking about yeah how do you feel about that well like and i get how it can be restricting but like just because you're using a label doesn't mean you need to follow all of the rules mm-hmm. that may fall under that label. Like for instance, I'm married. Mm-hmm. I'm not following all of the rules that fall under like the label of marriage mm-hmm. right now. Cause like my relationship's open. Most people would say that's not like mm-hmm. what a real marriage involves. Mm-hmm. So I think like you can, you, you can identify with labels, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you need to be like dogmatic about it. And like be super restricted and follow like every rule to the T like that goes along with that label. Yeah. It's like, I kept seeing this post go up about like, like going back to diet, especially like this, you know, pillow effects. Whatever. Yeah. It was, like someone's like, like paleo, vegan, keto, blah, blah, blah. Like that's, is that really a food freedom? It sounds like, like anti-freedom or something. And I'm like, I don't go with the big deal is or like when I tell people I'm paleo they're like oh well, I don't like to define use a label yeah. and I'm like why or I don't like to restrict myself yeah, I'm like, or whatever it's a freaking fast way for people to understand how I eat and exactly. like if I don't but like also I'll eat something that's not paleo exactly. I don't really care that's what I was gonna say like I identify as paleo yeah. like that would be a label that I place on myself however I eat things like rice when I want to eat them yeah. but I still identify as paleo because mm-hmm. I am the majority of the time but I'm not gonna follow all of the rules a hundred percent if I don't feel like it yeah it's just an easy way to convey to people I'm yes like, exactly I think it like triggers something in people who are afraid of labels where it's like because they put pressure on themselves if they use a term they're like I have to be perfect at it yeah and and it doesn't no it just it's just a descriptor basically it's just to make communication easier Mm -hmm. in my opinion I agree it's like okay we were at paleo effects and probably most people there probably identify as paleo yeah but not everybody or even like we're talking about this with food like all the everything on the floor is supposed to be paleo but like there are things with cane sugar and there were like that's not paleo but it's like it's just like a loose like general like we have similar values exactly because i mean this says in the whole conversation about how all these things have become like religion and like i don't like food food is like religion and in some sense of the term like people like food shouldn't be a religion but here's the truth of it like paleo and what that means it's not just about what people eat to me it's like that is a set of values to me in the oh, sense yes. of like I take care of my body. Like mm-hmm. when someone is paleo, like really paleo, I know that that means they care about their body. They care about ingredients. Like they care about the products and they the use, environment, the environment, animal welfare. Yeah. Like they care about quality. Exactly. And this is a bigger conversation. Even one like that I've been having today with some people I'm talking to, like paleo effects isn't the goal of paleo FX isn't just to talk about being paleo. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger movement. And the, the aim of paleo FX is political. Yeah. It's like, like getting political in terms of like, where are America's values and we're like poisoning our nation. Exactly. It's like healthcare. Yeah. It's not even like people think, Oh, it's all about like weight loss and restriction. Yeah. And like, no, it's not. It's so much more than that. Yeah. And it's like, you have all these little camps like within paleo and People argue and it doesn't, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we all have the common denominator of yes. like, 
do you guys realize like big pharma is like fucking us over like and the <gasps> government is like fucking us over yeah like it's just like a set of values it's, like a bigger term so like if i can say i'm paleo and convey to someone in one word that i fucking care about the health of our nation and my body and like i don't screw around then like i'm gonna use the label yep amen <laughs> just saying it <laughs> um speaking of perception labels blah, blah i wanted to kind of touch on this like weight topic that we've been talking about yeah and kind of like being on social media and like um this whole body image thing and we had a really interesting conversation last night i felt like about exercise we did um and i kind of want to bring it to the podcast so people can hear it okay um because i know i talked to you about brain rewiring and stuff but like also rachel like knows things about nutrition and fitness yeah (laughs) it's not just the brain so we were talking about women's natural like body sizes and falling to where they should be naturally. Yeah. How do, how do you suggest a woman go to where her healthiest body weight is? How to get there? Yeah. I think um like intuitive eating, listening to your body, like eating real foods, listening to your body um is the best way to do it. So, I think a lot of people are like you know, they're eating paleo, they're eating real food, but they're not doing, they're not listening to their bodies. They're following like strict regimens and things like that. Um, and like trying to do it the way that everyone else does or how like they think they're supposed to. And even with like exercising, I feel like it's the same. I feel like people are forcing themselves to do exercises, um, and like intense workouts because they feel like they should, and they're not even enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And like, why, why would you waste your time like restricting your foods and like following these harsh regimens and like doing things you hate like exercise and workouts you hate you know when you could be doing something you love and getting just as good results Mm -hmm. i think sometimes it can be confusing as people will feel good doing something and then it's not working for their body i today I was talking to someone and she was like, you know, I got really into fasting and I felt amazing. She's like, I felt the best I'd ever felt. But then I lost my period. My hair started falling out. And yeah. I'm like, you know, so she's like, I was just listening to my body cause I wasn't hungry. And like, I felt really good. My digestion was great. My energy was high, but then like that obviously wasn't working. Yeah. And so there's a listening to your body on all levels. Mm -hmm. So like listening to your hunger, but then listening to the other signals of your body. If your hair is falling out and you've lost your period, that's your body talking to you. It's just talking to you in a different way. Mm -hmm. So you have to like be aware of all the aspects and all of the ways that your body is communicating with Mm you. But like, why would her body lead her astray at the beginning of that? You know, like... If it was going to, if she was going to end up there in that hormonal dysregulation. I don't think it led her astray. I think, um, I think what happened was like, maybe it would have been good for her for like a, like short amount of time, like therapeutically. Mm -hmm. But then she kind of got like caught, maybe got caught up in Mm -hmm. it and it became like a norm and a pattern. And like the brain was like, Oh, brain went into that pattern of like, this is the norm now. Mm -hmm. And so it stayed there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why like, you just have to be like, like a little vigilant, like don't be like worried, Mm -hmm. but like pay attention. Like, cause just because your body likes something right now, doesn't mean it's going to like it six weeks down the road. So just like keep paying attention. And if you notice things like fatigue or your hair falling Mm -hmm. out or like other things, like 
maybe you feel good mentally, but you don't feel good in another area. Like that's a sign that this isn't working for you anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want you to explain your opinion on this exercise that we were talking about last night. So like you, how do I wear this? Like we're talking about women wanting to lose weight or like feeling they're overweight. And then like these like masculine forms of exercise and like lifting heavy, um, how that became super popular for weight loss. Like recently it hasn't been like super big until like in the past, like I feel like few years. Yeah. So, but you're not a fan of that. Yeah. Not for me personally, but what about just for women in general? So in terms of exercise, I think women need to be like more intuitive with their exercise. Mm -hmm. I feel like right now lifting is a fad. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon of like heavy lifting. And I think for some people it works, mm-hmm. but I think for a lot of people, it uh, there's a lot of people it doesn't work for. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to force themselves to do something because everyone else is doing it. And it seems like that's the thing that you should do. Cause that's, how, I mean, honestly, that's how I feel. Like I should be lifting. Like mm-hmm. that's how like society makes me feel. Well, that's my perception of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that instead, like we need to listen to our bodies. Like if you're doing lifting and it feels really good to you, like honestly, truly it feels good to you. You feel really good doing it. You enjoy it. You look forward to it and you feel really good after then keep doing it. Like that means it works for your body. But I think there are a lot of women who are lifting heavy and they're struggling. Mm -hmm. They're like, they're losing their hair. They're anxious. Their appetites are out of control. They're not sleeping and they're like, they're dreading it. Like they're not even enjoying it, but they're doing it because they feel like they should. And that's what, because that's what they need to do to create like a good body. And I think that they, what they need to be doing is listening to what their body wants, not what they think their body needs, but actually what it truly needs, what the, not what they think it needs. Well, and you were saying that you think that we weren't designed. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of women aren't like hormonally think Mm -hmm. of it like like if you think of it like ancestrally if you go way back in time like were women doing heavy lifting probably not Mm -hmm. this is what we were talking about last night they were like cleaning cooking gathering like like berries and shit like carrying maybe buckets of water lifting up kids but they weren't doing crazy like things like dragging carcasses back to the the like the hut or whatever like they weren't doing crazy heavy lifting i don't think that we've evolved to female bodies i don't think have evolved to do that i think female bodies are meant to um be more feminine And I think we're trying to, right now, it seems to be a fad that like we're creating more masculine bodies. Because, so women, like thinking ancestrally, weren't doing heavy lifting, right? They're cleaning, cooking, Yeah. But they also had different body types than what we believe now to be, not not we as in we, we as in like culture. Yeah. American culture has decided is what's beautiful. Yes. 
Yes. And so that, of course, like, so people feel pressure mm-hmm. to look a certain way right now. Like I feel that pressure. Like mm-hmm. I, you guys aren't alone. I feel the pressure like to look a certain way. I feel pressure to lift, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work for my body. And so I don't. What happens when you do? So when I lift heavy, this is what happens. I, I, I don't feel well. I stop sleeping. I get really bad anxiety. I get really inflamed and like puffy all over my body. I get, um, did I say anxious yet? (laughs) I get, and then I also get really insatiable hunger, like not like normal hunger when you work out, Mm -hmm. but like to the point where like I could eat like days and days worth of food in like a couple hour span Mm -hmm. and then still feel like I need more. And my stomach will be like, expanded out like in pain because it's so full but like I feel like I can't get enough food in me and that's if you're lifting heavy you're just lifting at all that's if I'm lifting like lifting heavy okay um I mean what's your like what is your opinion of what heavy is of course it's different for everyone but heavy for me Mm -hmm. it's like I could do like maybe light lifting Mm -hmm. um but very like you you know like not crazy Mm -hmm. so about like like lifting or like sorry exercising to in the way that your body wants what are signs that your body likes i know for you like you like yoga like what are the signs that your body likes that you don't like other things so i know like my body tolerates yoga because when i do yoga i feel good after i do it Mm -hmm. i don't feel exhausted like i need to lay down and sleep for five hours I, I feel more energized. I feel calmer. I feel at peace. It boosts my mood. I feel better. Um, and I, it increases my appetite. Yes, because it's exercise, but it's not insatiable. It's like a normal amount, like where I'm like, like it's a good level of extra hunger. Mm -hmm. And also I notice like muscle mass coming on. Whereas when I was actually lifting, I wasn't, I actually saw way greater change in like my muscle growth when I switched to yoga than when I was doing like lifting or body weight stuff. Interesting. And I honestly believe, no, it's not because I was working my muscles like any harder. It's because I was enjoying it. I was, it was something that felt like in alignment. Like it wasn't something I was dreading and my body was enjoying it and my mind was enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And so I think the combination of that made it more like beneficial to my body. Cause like I teach, like if you're doing something in a negative emotion, it's not going to benefit your body in the same way it would if you're doing it with positive emotion. Yeah. And we're talking about like studies literally showing this. Yeah. There are, yeah, there are absolutely Mm -hmm. studies that prove this. We also were talking about how you're saying like you think a lot of women who want to lose weight like don't have weight to lose. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think some women do need to lose weight, but like there are women like what you said last night, like who want to lose like get like those like last like 10 pounds and like tighten up and get lean. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we're forcing ourselves to get that low when we're actually not supposed to because like women are supposed to have more body fat. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, like it, it's, it's, I think we, we, well, we've been created to have more body fat. Like mm-hmm. we need to, cause we're, we've raised children. Like we have to carry a child and it's just like our genetics as a female. And so I think 
right now, like you were saying, like society right now, it's like what is considered beautiful is like very incredibly lean, Mm -hmm. like very low body fat. And I just think like that's not possible for a lot of women to get to. Just like straight up not possible. Yeah, I think some women can. Mm -hmm. Some women have the genetics to do it. I think some don't. I think for some people, it's just not possible. So how does someone know if it's like, if that last 10 pounds, I think they need that last five pounds is something that's like, just, that's just how their body is. They can't get there. Or like they actually have some extra weight to lose. So I think how you would know that is like, if you're doing all the right things, like, are you eating well? Mm-hmm. Are you listening to your hunger signals? Mm-hmm. Are you moving your body? Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing all of these things and your weight is not budging, then that probably means your weight's not supposed to budge because you shouldn't have to like work out like extra crazy hard or restrict your food to lose weight because that's not sustainable. So you got to do like what feels like sustainable to you and what makes you happy. And if doing those things isn't getting you to like your goal, then that probably just means that you're not meant to get to your goal. I think that's where women get confused though because they don't know what is they want they're like i don't know what's normal though like because they question they're like maybe i'm not working out as hard as i should be like you know maybe i do yeah. an extra workout a week or maybe maybe i am eating overeating like it's so confusing because people don't know what's normal mm-hmm. and that's because people are so detached from the communication their body's giving them mm-hmm. once you like learn how to listen to your body it becomes so easier because you can realize like oh, maybe my stomach's not growling right now, but I actually am hungry because I have a headache Mm -hmm. or because I'm feeling fatigued right now and it's midday, like things like that. There are different signs that can show you that you're hungry. Um, And like with the workouts, like um, how you can know, like if you haven't, if you're working out not enough or too much, like try increasing your exercise if you think you're not doing enough. And if you start noticing negative impact, like you start noticing you're anxious or you're sleeping more or you're getting inflamed, that's a sign like that's too much. And then you pull back. You used to do, I mean, now you do like brain retraining, but you used to do like all fat loss. Like yeah. Loss. Was there a main theme that you saw? Like, with those women, like, that they all, like, needed to exercise a bit more and, like, eat less? Or was it the opposite? Or... Well, a lot of the... Most of the women that actually came to me, a lot of them weren't starting out exercising. Okay. Um, so a lot of them, like, I actually had increased their exercise yeah. because they weren't doing much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And then they were just eating. Most of the people I work with, honestly, weren't coming from paleo. They were coming from like standard American diet or maybe keto. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like the people that were coming from keto, they were just too low carb. I increase their carbs. They lose weight. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I think that's an important point. Like when people are following advice off the Internet or whatever, like think about who's writing and who is this for like yeah i think that's where a lot of people in the paleo space get into problems because they're following advice that's like put out for people on the standard american diet and like actually i believe that when you're following a paleo lifestyle you don't have to exercise as much to be a healthy body weight as you might when you're eating a standard american diet yeah i agree i agree and i think we're also following a lot of advice that is maybe geared towards men yeah. <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Like the exercise. Yeah. 
and like a lot of the fasting things and a lot of like the lower carb stuff, a lot of it is like a lot of what you're reading when you're like this, when you're reading the scientific results of like, oh, these are the benefits. A lot of those studies are done with men mm-hmm. and it's it, men and women, as much as people want right now, want to think that like we're the same, like we're different. <laughs> we are different people. We're different animals. Like, well, I think that's the issue is like women are trying to get down to a body fat percentage that was meant for men. So like they have to do things that like, yeah, men do to be like, the exactly. Body, but it's not aligning with their hormones. Exactly. And I, a lot, I, I believe that a lot of the women that we're looking at that are like ripped and have the really low body fat that we're looking at going like, oh, like we should look like that. A lot of them, that's what you see, mm-hmm. but you don't see what's going on behind that. Some of them feel great, but a lot of them don't feel good. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because one thing I want to point out, like I think I've covered on this podcast, all the problems with like how women are feeling when they're low body fat, but what people, your brain function goes down a lot. And it I, does. All, like everyone I know who's like, not everyone, but like most of the girls I know who are like, just like too low body weight, like for their bodies, like they're not as sharp as they should be. Like mm-hmm. I noticed this trend. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It impacts the brain function. Absolutely. Like besides the fact that hormonally they're dysregulated, you know, but like, yeah. I almost feel like the period thing doesn't motivate people. Like, cause a lot of people just like, don't even care. They don't have their period. Yeah. They're like, Oh, well I don't yeah. miss it. But like the brain thing, like when you, don't feel smart or like other people are noticing that like okay you're a little slow like that's just embarrassing it is yeah so i mean i don't know and and it's all behind closed doors especially on social media like a lot of these women who are influencers and like they're not talking about how shitty they feel Mm -mm. no because they have a brand and a business a lot of them Mm -hmm. um that they're trying to uphold Mm -hmm. and they're also receiving judgment from like thousands of people Mm -hmm. well touch on that for a sec because you get judgment oh hell yeah yeah about my size i'm a very small person Mm -hmm. and i and obviously like I was chronically ill for six years, so I lost lots of muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And so I get accused all the time of being anorexic and having an eating disorder because I'm very small. Um, And so, yeah, it's it can be hurtful, you know, for sure. So, I mean, what do you want to say to people who are probably listening to this and be like, well, easy for her to say, like, because I'm thin. Yeah. yeah. And what I'd say to that is like, I haven't always been thin. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had binge eating disorder and I have weighed like 40 pounds more, maybe 40 or 50 pounds more than I currently do. So I have been on both ends of the spectrum. Um, so I know what it feels like to have extra weight. Mm-hmm. And um And so like I have been on both ends. So I feel like it's not coming from someone who's just been thin her whole life. Who's, you know, who can just say that. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky situation. Yeah. We were talking about this. Like if you were just walking around at the store and like, look like people around you. I mean, I just don't notice people's bodies and like how just there are different body types. Because there's some people who are really petite and, thin and like or i look at people's moms you know i'm like some women are just so freaking small yeah and like like tiny bones and all this but like 
no one's judging them but like when you're on social media yeah and there are pictures of you then it's like your body's apparently open for judgment yeah well it's because people are sitting at home and like no one's gonna stare at you and analyze you when you're standing right in front of them because that's rude Mm -hmm. you don't stare you know but like oh you you can do it at a picture and you can zoom in and you can analyze the f out of someone yeah and then share your opinion because you're behind your screen Mm -hmm. and like you're not saying it to their face so why not you know tell them exactly what you think and people love to do that well, and the ones that are saying it, it's coming from... Here's why I always ask. It's like, when you're making a judgment like that on someone else, where is that coming from? That's Is that like within yourself? Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. It's some insecurity you have. You know, whether or not your judgment is true or false. Like, whenever we judge other people, like, it's coming from our own insecurity somewhere down the line. Like, what are we projecting? onto that person Mm -hmm. you know because like when you really accept yourself it's like you look around at people and they're just people you're not looking at everyone analyzing them you know like my most insecure friends although not really i don't have any insecure friends but like the most insecure people in my life i whenever i'm with them they're analyzing other people they're like calling them out about how they look and i'm like i don't even think about this anymore like my friends who I hang out with, like, we don't talk about what other people look like. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even. Yeah. When have we, like, I'm like thinking, I'm like, we haven't. I, we haven't, I don't think we've discussed I, yeah, one person I, we've seen. Yeah, I, like, I, this is even the cross my mind, you know, but with, I know with certain people I talk to, it's like they're, the conversation is always about how someone else is looking. Yeah. And it's because it makes them feel better. Mm-hmm. Putting someone else down that you feel like challenged by Mm -hmm. makes you feel better. Like a lot of times it comes down to jealousy. Yeah. Or maybe it's like, oh, you like, like I feel like what people maybe are so mean to me because I'm thin because like maybe, maybe they don't want to look like me. They're not jealous of me, but maybe they're not at a weight that they're happy with. Mm -hmm. And so they want to make fun of my weight um, because it makes them feel better about where they're at. Yeah. Or because they're like, if, because if they were your weight, they would be sick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because honestly, it's true. I'm very tiny. Mm-hmm. Most people at my weight would not have a period. Mm-hmm. Like most people at my size wouldn't have a period. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's the honest to goodness truth. Mm-hmm. And so like, of course, like, and not anyone, not everyone would want to look like mm-hmm. I look. A lot of people aren't into mm-hmm. like being very thin. Mm-hmm. And that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. You can look however you want to look, but... That doesn't mean you bash someone for looking a different way than you prefer. I know. We've gotten into a culture of body shaming every, yeah. in every direction. And it's really sad. And like I just feel like we have bigger things to worry about, yeah. about here. Um, and it's just like this re- the resistance women have within themselves. Like, But the way they look and judging other people, that's that alone is like keeping them from just being happy with their bodies or reaching their goal. 100%. Weight. I think, yeah. Well, good conversation. We have to wrap up because Rachel has a coaching call soon. So, Rachel, tell everyone where they can find more from you. So, you can find more from me. I run everything on Instagram. So, you can find me at the Rachel Barber on Instagram. And on right in there in my profile, I have links that you can go to read, like all about my programs and what I offer. Cool. Thanks again for coming. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Christina. (laughs) 
Thank you so much to Rachel for coming on the podcast a second time. Don't forget, if you didn't listen to her first episode, she was on this podcast before, just go to episode 167. You can find her there to learn more about brain retraining, brain rewiring, and her own personal health journey. And don't forget to check her out on Instagram at the Rachel Barber. Her information will also be in the show notes and her group coaching program. Total Healing is open for enrollment today, this week, if you're listening to this live. So make sure you check that out as well. And don't forget to leave a rating interview on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. It really helps me spread the word about the podcast, which would mean the world to me if you would help to spread that word. And I love when you guys screenshot, share it on social media. So keep up with that. And of course, make sure you join the Facebook group Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe if you want to connect with other listeners. That is all I have for you this time. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will talk to you again next episode. Bye.